This is Real Sex with Dr. Noel. You're listening to Real Sex with Dr. Noel. I'm Dr. Noel, and I'm here with my co-host, Rich Jones. Thanks for asking me back again and again and again. Well, you know, people demand more of you. No. Oh. And wow. we happen to live in the same house, so it's convenient. <laughs> That's what I was waiting for. You know, actually, the feedback that I get about the podcast is that most people are going to give me positive feedback. If they have negative feedback, they usually either keep it to themselves or they just don't talk to me mm-hmm. about it. And I'm sure they're out there. But that people enjoyed the show in the beginning, but that you and I, because, you know, we've met before um, <laughs> and we have a bit of a relationship that a bit we it adds something to the show. So okay. that's why we continue to have you back. Thank you. I appreciate it. So hey, I'm going to have my side piece on next week. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, just because it's been a while since you've done the full on introduction, you're a doctor of what? For those who might be new to the podcast, oh, perversion. you just say... Perversion? Perversion. Okay. That's so great. I'm a licensed mental health counselor, and I have a doctorate in clinical sexology. And what's clinical sexology? It's basically anything related to sex is what I've been trained in. It's uh, Sexology is actually not a licensed field. It is a relatively new field that... Uh, so my licensure that's designated, then it's monitored by the state of Florida, which is where we're recording from is a mental health counselor. But then I went on and got this additional training. There are people who are have their PhD at the doctoral level, but they're clinical psychologists. Mm. That's not what I am. I'm a sexologist. All right. Although sometimes if I meet someone really quick and they ask what I do, I'm like, a psychologist, bye. Yeah. You know? Or if I really don't want to talk to them, as I've said on the show before, I tell them I'm an accountant. Yeah, that's always And then good. they have no questions at yeah. all. I like to talk about um, what you do or at least what you're qualified to do when people think that, you know, what I do is interesting. Oh, radio. That's great. You're a radio show host. Yeah. Oh, I get the double O and it's a, oh, tell me more. So you now have the more interesting job. Well, I think. And have for a while. I mean, I think it's interesting to other people. To me, it is just a job. Yeah. Yeah. Just probably like people think your job's really interesting. And to you, it's just another job, right? It's a job. That has horrible hours. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Definitely. So last few shows, we have been doing actor-based sex scenes. We did Tom Cruise. We did Julianne Moore and her brown nipples. Nipples. <laughs> we were just in a conversation about that, weren't we? Yes, about her brown nipples. Someone someone was talking about the brown nipples. Yes. And then we did Gina Gershon, who mm-hmm. you have, I think... Um, don't you have a tattoo of her now? Uh, yeah. Yes, exactly. No, that's just the back hair. <laughs> uh, we might want to talk about a, a waxing or a shave if it's starting to resemble famous women. Gina Gershon, I'm sorry if you ever listen to this or whatever gets back to you. <laughs> yeah, you know Gina Gershon me... was very, very attractive. You know what this made me think of is... Uh, you know how people see Jesus in different things? Yes. And like, there's like, <laughs> I just burnt Jesus into the side of my toast or like that cloud looks like Jesus. You have back hair in the shape of Gina Gershon. Gina Gershon. 
<laughs> if I had back hair in the shape of Gina Gershon, I would be much more. I probably wouldn't wear a shirt to work. I probably <laughs> would just go topless all the time. Today's star is James McAvoy. And I happen to know, I'm a big movie nerd, so I know who James McAvoy is, but I know a lot of people don't. A lot of people, once I tell you this, you'll say, oh, him. Yeah, yeah. So he's a Scottish actor, probably most well-known as playing Dr. or Professor Xavier in the more recent X-Men. Mm, okay. um, you know, Fass, Michael Fassbender played Magneto, and he played Professor Xavier in like three or four of the new X-Men movies. He also is, he's a fantastic actor. He starred in Split, the M. Night Shyamalan movie about um, girls who are kidnapped by a person with multiple personality disorder. And he is, he's a phenomenal in that movie. I'm still surprised he didn't win an Oscar. Hmm. The movie itself is eh to eh plus, um, but he was fabulous in it. Okay. Yes. That's eh. not one I've seen. What's, oh, that's not one you've seen. Yeah, I've not, I've not seen either of those movies, actually. I probably have never seen any of these movies we're about to see. I will say, and I didn't say it at the time, in our last episode, you mentioned being familiar with Jennifer Tilly because she was in Liar Liar yes. with Jim Carrey. Yeah. I've never seen Liar Liar. Oh, don't. <laughs> I don't know why I... What was going on in my life at the time? What 97, 98-ish or so it was before we met. Um, I must have been a big Jim Carrey fan, or maybe I didn't have access to much depth of movies. It was good the first time well, around. A lot of people but liked Jim Carrey for a long time and saw a lot of bunch of his goofy, goofy movies. I think now that I'm thinking about... Oh, boy. If if we were to focus on her, but I don't think she's done them. Maura Tierney was in that, and I had a oh, thing you like for Maura, Maura Tierney. Tierney. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she was on ER and a couple of other shows and movies that I liked. Uh, Just Shoot Me, I think, was one of the shows that she was on. She wasn't. She was on news radio. News radio. That was it. Yeah. Of all, given that you are, I know, a radio I know, news host, I know. you forget. I forgot that she was in news that. radio. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, Maura Tierney. Anyway. That's probably why I decided to watch Liar Liar as many times as I did. Yeah, that's a movie you've seen that I have not. Yeah. You've also a... seen Lion King and I haven't. Really? I've never... You haven't seen Lion King? No, I haven't. And that's okay. It doesn't appeal to me. Okay. I feel like I know the gist. Well, you know, we're talking about the circle of life in some ways. <laughs> sort of a different sort of thing, I guess, here. <laughs> so James McAvoy has been in those and I'm going to uh, show you three scenes. Okay. The first is going to seem a little familiar to you in a way that'll take you a minute to click. But a couple, uh, maybe we did an episode on long running TV shows. And one of them, we did a sex scene from Shameless mm -hmm. starring Emmy Rossum. Yep. Ra, Rams, anyway, Rossum, I think it is. Anyway, that, which I did not know until this, is a, a remake of a show that was in the United Kingdom first. Mm. So we're going to actually watch the same sex scene that we watched in that that takes place in the British version oh, okay. with James McAvoy, who, by the way, is Scot uh, Scottish and uh, the actress. OK, so okay. here we go They're uh, They just met at a bar and they're coming home to kind of a sloppy house. OK. And they decide to have some pretty adventurous sex in the kitchen. OK. Oh, no. Kitchen. Yep. Oh, boy. Those are some long earrings. On her, him. Yeah, on her. On her. Okay. He's not wearing earrings. So she's now reaching into his pants and now just makes like this huge lunging kissing move. 
Now she's taking his shirt off. He says slower. <laughs> slower. He says slower? Yes. Oh, and now it turns intimate. There's no saxophone in this one. But there's birds. But there's piano and bird. What's the birds? <laughs> Are they going to come through the window? Is it like the bats did? <laughs> yeah, like the bats did. From Risky Business. The oh. oh, and then they get rough. Oh, no. Oh, they're doing the food? No. Is that why you picked this? Because of the food? So they're up against the stove. She's topless. Oh, who's someone just slammed their hand in the drawer. Is that his name? Nick? Nay? Sure. Okay. <laughs> How come we've seen all sorts of like... <laughs> He's falling. We've seen all sorts of people knocking on doors and interrupting sex. Well, when the, we saw this exact scene, but the American version... Remember, they knocked popcorn on the floor, yeah, yeah. and you were very upset. I about was. That. They didn't do that in that one. No, but they, the hand in the drawer. Oops. The the hand in the drawer happened. The hand in the drawer did happen. That sounded like it hurt. Yeah. It felt like it. Hurt. Do you think this? How do you think this compares to the one you saw, the American one? Um, it's less creepy with the <laughs> lack of food all over the place. That mm -hmm. one was a little more hot, I think. Okay. I thought a little more because there was less food all over the place. Yeah. Um. <laughs> But I, I think because there was, it wove in like the slowing down and then like all of a sudden aggression mm -hmm. at times. And I thought that that was an interesting combination. I don't recall that from the other one we saw. Yeah. So, th yeah, this is sort of a definite uh, demonstration of how there's like almost different gears people can be in sexually. So, mm -hmm. like, someone can, you know, couples will have times where it's just sort of long and drawn out and maybe sweet or quiet and gentle and then there's times where it's uh i would say uh welcome to pound town uh, yeah <laughs> more aggressive right and what was interesting and i know that maybe this goes to a general assumption that people make but it was the woman driving the aggression mm -hmm. and the man was trying to slow it down when you would maybe it's just a guy thing but i'm thinking that it would be the complete opposite that it would be the guy who hmm. would be driving the aggression and it was totally reversed. Mm -hmm. He was more the softy in the that softy. moment. Well, least. he wasn't soft. <laughs> That's true. So the, yeah, I, I, in my experience, just from people talking um, in my office, it just, sometimes people have preference for one type of sex over another. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes their partner only knows how to be in one of those gears and they want more. So sometimes I have to talk to them about how to achieve that. Yeah. So. And there we go. Yeah. I would say the adrenaline probably prevented the pain of the hand in the drawer from mm -hmm. screaming because I screamed. <laughs> it hurt me when I saw it. You know what I like? It's kind of an interesting fact about the scene. So James McAvoy was single when he made this show. It started in 2004. And he said that it was, and maybe he can say this in retrospect, the only time he was actually turned on during a sex scene. Oh. And he ended up dating and marrying this woman. Oh, wow. So they are now divorced and he's remarried, uh, but I just kind of thought it was interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. He was young in that. 20s, maybe? Probably. Yeah? Yeah. It okay. was, gosh, 2004 was 18 years ago. Oh, my God. I know. Oh, my <laughs> People that were born then can vote now. Oh, my gosh. Ugh, that's for a rude awakening yeah, there. Yeah, we're getting old, aren't we? we yes. Don't, don't start. Okay. <laughs>
I can't get up out of this chair. <laughs> so the next film we're going to talk about is uh, The Last King of Scotland from 2006. One of the things this movie is well known for was Forrest Whitaker's performance because he played Idi Amin. And he went on and won an Oscar for this mm -hmm. film. Um, James McAvoy plays a physician, a Scottish physician, who travels to, I can't remember what country this takes place in. It's not Scotland. It's somewhere in, I believe it's in Africa. Okay. Anyway, uh, whoever Edie Amin was in charge of at that time. Um, and he does something to impress Edie Amin at some point, and he asks James McAvoy to be his personal physician okay and at the time he doesn't understand what a monster amin is and how horrible he is but as he works for him he begins to understand that okay and this is a sex scene you're about to see between the physician and Idi amin's youngest wife who has been shunned by amin because of something that she did that was very oh she gave birth to a son who happened to be disabled oh and so Idi Amin, being the asshole that he is, yeah. shunned her. Wow. For How it. many wives did he have? I think at least three. Oh, wow. So, can you imagine having to deal with three of I... me? <laughs> Let, let's play the scene. <laughs> <laughs> All right. They're in a cave or something resembling a cave. Yeah. This is better music, like sex music. Better Com sex music? Well, compared to what we've had before. It's also appropriate for the party they just left. Oh, is it? So he's having sex. Uh, the actress is Carrie Washington. Okay. Also from Scandal. And Django Unchained. Okay. He's picked her up. And they're having sex against what looks like uh, to be the sidewall of a cave? Yeah. Yeah. No pillows in sight. Nope. He's now he's completely naked. He's stripped her. Wow, it's hot. What is hot about it? Uh, he's got her up against the wall, and I don't know. It was just it was short, short lived. Well, maybe not. They're back at it. I thought there there was dancing in a club or something like that. Oh, it just cut to oh, the party they had yeah, left. Yeah. Okay. I think it's pretty clear that both are. And now they're just laying. Um, I, they both were into each other. This wasn't just like some uh, couple that's been together before. There clearly were emotions, feelings for each other. And mm -hmm. it was it was very hot. I also was thrown off by all the uh, keywords in this one. Oh, Hard yeah, because we got it off another porn site, yeah. basically. Hardcore, MILF, shaved, pool, party, kissing, missionary, standing. And they were. They were standing. That's technically true. It was missionary and they were standing. So you, at the ripe old age of 44. Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> Thanks. If you were to do that, how sore would you be the next day <laughs> on a scale from 1 to 10? Well, let's just put it this way. I didn't tell you, but I probably woke up in the middle of the night uh, two nights ago and covered my face with a pillow because I was having a Charlie horse in my calf and I still am sore in my calf as a result. I would be in a crap ton of pain the yeah. next day. Yeah. Clearly he was young, uh, able to be fit and uh, handle picking her up and putting her up against the wall and um, yeah. enjoy multiple minutes of intercourse. 
sure. And would not be in pain. And you know, I I have to say, this is one of those things where, and you know, I feel like the need to apologize to you, but not to get too personal, but I'm not a small woman. I really never have been. So (laughs) the idea, I was like, the contraption that would have to (laughs) assist. (laughs) With with me holding you up, <laughs> you'd need you'd need a friend. <laughs> I would need a friend. <laughs> that would uh, that would change the game, wouldn't it? The... Hey, uh, Billy. Yeah. Uh, what you doing today? <laughs> um, the would... wife wants to try something, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I hope you didn't skip leg day. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Are you asking me over for a threesome? Nope. Nope. I just I'd... I just need you to hold the woman up. Need some strength, please. <laughs> So that's The Last King of Scotland. I have to say, I hate that film, not because it's not a good movie, but because it is depressing. Is it? It's okay. incredibly depressing. Did movie. you find that to be a scene that was hot for you? Well, yeah, because I it's one of the only scenes I remember from the movie. Okay. Because I blocked most of it out because I just really found it. I mean, a mean was horrible. Yeah, yeah. And so that's... The, so... I think one of the things that is impactful watching that scene when you're watching the movie is there's all this distress and abuse and genocide and all these things. And then there's this scene between these two people who've just basically had enough with what's going on around them. And they're both kind of powerless to it. He's trapped where he is and she's trapped because Mm -hmm. she's one of his wives. So it's sort of a moment of release. Yeah. Release is a good word. Yeah. So that's one of the nice things mm, about that particular scene. Yeah. So this last movie that we're going to go over is a wonderful, wonderful film that is known for a variety of things. It is 2007's Atonement Mm. starring Kira Knightley. James McAvoy and a young Saoirse Ronan. Mm. So I love Keira Knightley. She's a great actress. Oh, she really is. She is. She's fantastic. This movie is known for two significant things. The first, well, actually three. Uh, Saoirse Ronan was only like eleven when this movie was made, and she was so good in it, she got nominated for an Oscar. Wow. So she was very young to be nominated. The second thing that it's known for, it has that was at the time. I don't know if it's changed since then. It was directed by a man named Joe Wright. It had the longest tracking shot ever in a film, meaning a, 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 a shot that was not edited. It oh. was a single, and it was through a, like, kind of, this takes place during World War II. And it was a tracking shot basically on the battlefield. And I, th- I want to say it was something like three minutes with no editing. Wow. Which it was unusual yeah. for back, you know. And then the last thing that it is the most well known for, which me as a girl probably likes it the best. The dress that Kira Knightley is wearing in this scene is mm. considered probably the most memorable dress in modern cinema. Okay. And is a beautiful emerald green. If you have a chance, Google Kira Knightley atonement dress and you'll see. So the background on this movie is that Kira Knightley is this wealthy young woman. Uh, James McAvoy is a promising medical student he either is or isn't a medical student he's going to go to medical school who kind of lives around there but he does not have any money they have an affection for each other although it comes off as her towards him as a hatred Mm. and he decides to write her a letter one day and he's writing various copy or versions of it and one of them he writes out it says in my dreams i kiss your cunt your sweet wet cunt and then he goes to throw it away And he 
writes the letter that he means to send, you know, which is more polite. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he he gives it to her sister to deliver to her, but he accidentally gave the wrong copy. <laughs> That's great. So the way they find out that they have feelings for each other is by her reading this offensive but very sexual oh, wow. letter. Yeah. So we are about to see the scene of them confronting each other the, after she has gotten the letter okay. and they're both dressed up and they're in the library. They're okay. about to go to a dinner in her home. All right. Why are you crying? Don't you know? Don't you know why? Yes, I know exactly. Oh, he moves in for the kiss. Mm-hmm. Very intense looks at each the other. stare. Yeah. Again, from nope. the shoulders up. Yeah. That kind of intense face-to-face. Oh. -face. she's smiling. She's licking her lips. Now she's moving in for the kiss. So clearly she liked it. Yep. See, you don't need music, especially saxophone, for there to be passion. Exactly. Sometimes just hearing two people embrace. I mean, you hear a clock in the background, but there's no birds. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no bats flying in. She's They're pressed breathing. up against she's pressed up against a bookcase. Yeah. A very fancy bookcase. Yeah. And he's kind of pressing her up against the bookcase. You just hear the breathing. Now, I thought this was like this huge dress or something. It, it's, it's not? It's just a beautiful emerald green slip dress. I kind of wanted to see the dress. I'm not seeing the dress now. You will in a minute. I'm seeing a strap of the dress. Oh, okay, I see it. Yep, because he's pulling up the dress so he can... Yep. Is she unbuttoning his pants? She's unbuttoning his shirt. Now she's going for the pants. So you can kind of see the dress at this point. She's been lifted up out of her shoes. Mm-hmm. And then they get quiet because someone has walked in. Oh. Is it the child? Bobby. Cecilia. Oh, maybe someone hasn't walked in yet. Sorry. Oh. She stopped to say, I love, I love you. you. Aw. That's sweet. This is very intimate. Very. My goodness. And she's also lifted off the ground. She is. She was lifted out of the shoes. That was impressive. They yeah. weren't very tight on her. It's a pretty dress. You can see the dress now. There is a ladder that she can kind of hold on to with yeah. her right hand. She's now lifting her hand up onto the bookshelf. I like this sound of like the creaks and, yeah. you know, that makes it even more yeah. realistic. Oh, now the door opens. Someone's come in. Someone's come in. Cecilia. Uh-oh. Is he hurting <laughs> She's up against the bookshelf. Yeah, so her younger sister walks in and sees him, like, basically pitting yeah, her yeah. up against. Is she upset? What's wrong? Is he attacking you? Yeah. And you said she did win an Oscar in this? No, or... she was nominated. The little she was girl. nominated. Okay. Yeah. And that they kind of. And they just both walk away. Yeah. <laughs> While the little girl stands there. How is that? And that's the end. And that's the end? Yeah. <laughs> She's so upset. 
Well, there's some backstory in the movie as to why she's upset. Okay. I mean, I don't want to give too much away about the movie, but... I'm never going to see it. She, that young girl, um, there is... Earlier in the film, she sees um, a character and a, and a young girl having sex mm. that whether she would the girl, young girl was old enough to consent to it or not anyway she did and it gets reported as a rape oh. so she understands in her little young mind that rape can happen and then earlier in the film she sees an interaction between those two main characters that she thinks is hostile but it's not okay so adding this all together she assumes that she just is seeing a rape yeah okay and that actually ends up leading to what happens in the rest of the film oh You'll have to tell me when we're done recording. Yeah, Atonement is actually, it's also a very depressing film, but it's a good one. Okay. Yeah. So what did you think of that scene? That was that was very, that was probably one of the hotter ones that we've seen in quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I, I think it's because of the intimacy that the two share, the chemistry that they have mm-hmm. as actor and actress. Um, I think the breathing, the eye contact, mm-hmm. certainly the I love you, that was like sweet. Yeah. Um, and and not even seeing the movie before, it didn't feel forced or fake. It didn't add anything more or less. Mm-hmm. It was in tr- perfect timing too. Like they both stopped, and she said it. That was sweet. Mm-hmm. I I think you it clearly shows in in terms of a sex scene. And I'm not like looking at like cinematography or anything, but you don't always need there to be a boob. Yeah, you don't need any. You don't need anything graphic. We didn't see anything. We saw no. her leg. That was it. Yeah, <laughs> and we saw her going for his um, uh, his pants, and mm-hmm. that was it. But you didn't need to see the graphicness to feel. Wow, that was that was really sweet and very sensual. Yeah, some of the best sex scenes that we've seen on the show are almost all the action is from the shoulders up. Yeah, yeah, and I think I've talked about this before that. I think in Japan they did a research study like 10 or 15 years ago that um, uh, several of their female research participants were able to orgasm just from sound of sex alone. Really? Wow. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be about, you know, parts slapping off of each other and uh, like, I don't know, you you don't have to see jizz in order for yeah yeah there to be... Um, something that's hot. And while I don't want to necessarily go through that whole movie, it seemed like they both climaxed. So at least they were able to walk away satisfied, even though they both had to walk away. <laughs> well. It seemed that way. Yeah. I don't know how it ended They after definitely that. seemed to have enjoyed yes. what was going on. Yes. That's for sure. Yeah. So. Stupid 11-year-old walking in on them. <laughs> oh, man. I would have been so upset. How does he walk away and not like kick her in the knee or something? Well, I she did find him in a pretty compromising position. He probably just wanted to tuck his tail between his legs and run. Yeah. Or whatever else. Yeah. He tucked something between his legs and ran. Mm-hmm. Or walked out. Yes. But he walked out like with this demeanor about him. Mm-hmm. It was good. That, that was probably one of the better scenes that I think that I've seen just mm-hmm. in terms of the intimacy and, and you could just, you could feel the connection between the two. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that causes issues for a a number of couples that I see is anxiety about children walking in during intimacy. Mm. So, and everyone takes it to a varying degree. I've worked with couples before where that one of them, and it's nine times out of 10, it's the, if they're a heterosexual couple, it's the wife 
um, won't have sex in the house if their kids are home. Just won't. Um, so that's and that can kind of be a bone of contention. <laughs> <laughs> you caught yourself. Yeah. Uh, f for some couples, yeah. some, you know, have elaborate locking mechanisms on their door. Some, you know, uh, have done, you're know, worried that their kids will hear. There's a variety of anxieties mm -hmm. that you hear about that. Mm. I And then, but on the, on the counter side or the opposite of that, I have actually worked with some adults whose parents... I don't, I've never really worked with anybody that was traumatized by overhearing an occasional sexual encounter that their parents had, but it's ones where parents did nothing to hide their sex life, mm. or if they had a single parent dating, didn't hide it, actually kind of was very upfront about it, mm -hmm. would maybe even have sex in like main areas of the house when their kids were home. Wow. That has caused quite a bit of damage I with some could imagine. people I've worked with. Yeah. Kids walking in is a real concern that yeah, some parents have. Yeah, absolutely. And when your 11-year-old sleeps on the floor of your bedroom for <laughs> two years, you just say goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> it can be a downer. <laughs> well, if you have a recommendation for a sex scene you'd like us to watch or an actor that has been in some pretty steamy scenes you'd mm -hmm. like us, or really bad ones. Oh, I bring we, the bad bring ones. Bring the bad ones. We yeah, love the bad those ones, Those are the too. fun ones. Absolutely. You're telling me you didn't have fun watching Bound with Gina Gershon? Uh, that was pretty, that was fun. Yeah, I would say that was fun. <laughs> okay, but yeah. fun is in... Uh... Fun like poking fun, like American Idol, the, the bad singers fun. Oh, yeah. I like it. Yeah. You can always email us at realsexpod at gmail.com. That's R-E-E-L. Or you can find us on social media at realsexpod. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. This has been another episode of Real Sex with Dr. Noel. Feel free to turn up the lights. Or not. Or not.